How would you like to grow your business the easy way, and in my humble opinion, the fun way, through speaking? Yes, you can literally speak your way to more business, and we can show you how. You know, when I started my coaching business 15 years ago, I struggled making only $900 in the first two years. Yeah, you heard that right. Less than $1,000 in two years. The problem? I was busy running around to networking events and handing out business cards, trying to help everyone, you know, everyone. Then I took the stage for the first time in my life and began speaking and teaching about the strategies I coached on. And when I really got my message dialed in, my business went literally from three figures a year (laughs) to seven figures. The secret I finally realized is that when you take the stage, you instantly become seen as the leading voice in your niche or industry. Today, we show entrepreneurs just like you and just like I was how to dominate your niche by becoming the leading voice, not just another expert. We run an incredible business mastermind speaker training program. It's called The Leading Voice. You guessed it. If you head over to leadingvoiceplatform.com slash podcast and grab my free roadmap, Eight Pillars to Profitable Speaking. This free roadmap outlines the exact eight secret weapons you need to truly become the leading voice in your niche. This is exclusively for my podcast listeners. You go to leadingvoiceplatform.com slash podcast and start speaking your way to more business. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and man, I am excited today. It's a Teaching Tuesday, and I'm actually recording this live on a Tuesday. Sometimes I get to it a a couple days earlier, but we just had a great Thanksgiving. It was awesome, except for the weekend. Uh, The Thanksgiving was great. Spent time with some some family friends here in Michigan, so shout out to the Crafts if you're listening. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. It was a blast. Uh, We always love spending Thanksgiving with you guys. And then on the weekend, uh, not related to the dinner, I got a stomach bug. Oh my gosh, it was bad. I'm going to spare you the gory details, but let's just say I didn't leave the bathroom for very long at a stretch. Uh, It was a horrendous Saturday and Sunday, uh, but by Sunday night, I'm feeling good. Monday, I'm back to it again. And here we are Tuesday. So let's rock and roll. It's a beautiful day in Michigan right now as I record this, uh, going out to you wherever you are listening to this. So thank you for your download, your subscription, or tuning in on your car. Today, Teaching Tuesday, we're on episode two out of five. We're in a mini series called Winning with Words. Now, last week, and you can go back in the podcast feed if you missed last week, uh, just search for The Driven Entrepreneur wherever you get your podcasts or search my name, Matt Browning, and you'll find Winning With Words episode one called Creating Reality. And I talked about how our words don't describe reality, they create reality. And really, to me, that's like the, the foundational piece. That's the foundational part of how this whole thing works in the first place. If you don't understand the power of words and why they have so much impact in our life, go back and listen to episode one just to kind of you know get your footing. Um, this episode will stand alone, but that kind of gives you some background for it. So today I want to talk about the title of this episode is Don't Say Don't or Can You? <laughs> Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. 
Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Have you ever heard people say that? Like, you know, don't say don't. Or if you're into personal growth or you've been to a seminar or, you know, heard someone teaching about communication, they might have said something like, hey, the subconscious mind can't process negatives. I don't know if anyone listening right now, if you're in, by the way, uh, if you're listening, I'm recording this live on my Facebook account. So you can follow me at Matt Browning or search Matt Browning. You'll find me there. And whenever I go live to record episodes, which I do from time to time, you could be a part of it and jump in and comment. And I'll probably shout you out like Dave Nassani just said, cool. And I'm glad you're here, Dave. Uh, So yeah, jump on in in the feed if you're listening live. So the question is, the question is, Can you say don't or can you not say don't? Like, for instance, if I said, if I'm a parent and I go to my son, Val, and I said, hey, Val, and I see him trying to pour his milk for his cereal, which he did this morning, how do I want to phrase it? Do I want to tell him, hey, don't spill that milk? Or do I want to say, hey, be careful with the milk? Now, I'll bet you as I'm saying that, your first reaction when you're confronted with the choice, with the options, is probably obviously you say it the positive way, right? But I want to break that down into the language patterns behind it, why it actually works, and I want to get into some exceptions. So here's the first thing I want to tell you. Number one, the reason why you don't say don't, and really it's any negative statement, um, don't do this, um, you know, hey, don't forget. You ever heard people say that? Hey, don't forget your car keys, don't forget your lunch, and then what do you do? Oops, you leave it on the table, you forget your lunch. So instead of saying don't, what we say in the neuro-linguistic programming world or in the NLP world is say it the way you want it. Just say it the way you want it. So what does say it the way you want it mean? Think about this. Whatever I say to you, you are going to get a picture in your head of what I said. And the whole secret is everyone thinks in pictures, no matter what you think, whether you believe you do or not, at some level, we all think in pictures. Like if I said to you, and if you're driving, don't, don't close your eyes. But if you're not driving, close your eyes just for a quick second and say, uh, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine a pink and polka dotted elephant um, jumping on top and having its way with a Volkswagen bug. It's like, what? Now, I made it a little stupid and a little crazy because <laughs> I, I, I wanted your, your, your imagination to kick in. Now, it could be as simple as this, though. What if I said, close your eyes. Again, don't do it if you're driving, or let me say it the way I want it, right? Keep your eyes open on the road if you're driving. If you're at home, you can close your eyes with me. Imagine dog. I'm just going to say the word dog. And what'd you get in your mind? So what most people do, and I'm talking 95 to 99% of people are going to get an image of a dog or a picture of a dog of some kind. Most people actually get an image of their own dog or their childhood dog, if you know dogs are relevant to you. And there's probably a few of you, very rare, might even get the words, the letters, D-O-G, dog. Now, the cool thing is, even if you got the letters D-O-G, it's funny that you don't see it this way, but you actually made a picture in your mind of the word. Like you didn't just 
imagine words uh, invisibly in your mind. You actually get a picture of the words. That's pretty important. So the first rule is, the principle is, everyone thinks in pictures to some extent. So if, if I think in pictures and you think in pictures, when I hear you say something to me, what my unconscious, subconscious mind is going to do is make an image in my mind, a picture, to try to define what you said. I'm trying to, to create that. Have you ever explained something to someone and it was a little too deep or a little too long and you use complicated words or I don't know, whatever, and they were like, halfway through, they went, wait, sorry, I went somewhere. What did you say again? Can you say that one more time? What they're trying to say is, my subconscious mind tried to make a picture of what you said and I lost it. I can't, I can't see it. Um, and I got distracted. So can you tell me again what it was? They're trying to get a context and, and, and an image in their mind, maybe a scene, uh, whatever that is. So if we all think in pictures, it's not about being positive or negative when I say don't. So when I say negative language, I mean words that negate, words that um, delete or take away. So instead of uh, here's my water bottle. Instead of drink this water, what if I said don't drink this water? So the don't is a negation or a word that, that um, that's why we call it a negative. It tries to delete or negate something away. So don't drink the water. Okay. But what's interesting is whether I say drink the water or don't drink the water, what I mean is two very different things. Yes. Two very different things. Look, drinking the water hydrates you. Not drinking the water doesn't, and it leaves it on the table. Two different outcomes. But think about what image you're going to make in your mind when I say drink the water. Just what's the first image that would come to your mind? And hey, if you're, if you're watching live on Facebook and you're still with me at this point, um, put a comment in. I'd love to see, like, what do you think? It's pretty simple. But when I say drink the water, what's the image you get? Is it of you actually drinking it? Is it of you holding uh, the bottle? You know, what's going on? But then watch this. What if I say, don't drink the water? How do you make a picture in your mind of a don't? How do you make a picture in your mind of a not? Now, I've been teaching this pattern, this principle for, again, close to 15 years. And I'll tell you, there is no way to make a don't in your mind. Essentially, you can't make a reverse. How do I say that, I guess? You can't make a reverse non-image, right? Um, you can either make a picture of drinking the water or you make a picture of something different. So I, I love doing this. I'll give you the, the classic example. Val, don't spill the milk. What picture can Val make in his head? And if you have any ideas, feel free to put it in the comments if you're following live again. And sorry, if you're not, if you're listening to this on, on the stream or on the radio, um, don't feel left out. Just know that if you follow me on social media, you can be part of this too whenever we do live episodes. Uh, so what do you get? What do you get when I say, don't spill the milk? How do you make a picture in your head of don't spill the milk? Put it in the comments if you have an idea. So people start saying is something like, you know, um, well, hold the glass with two hands. Well, no, that, that's not don't spill the milk. That's holding the glass with two hands. Okay, great. Um, don't spill the milk. Well, no, if I'm going to make a picture of don't spill the milk, I'm going to make a picture of um, having the milk safely sitting on the table. Well, no, that's not don't spill the milk. That's having the milk safely on the table. Is this making sense? Essentially, you can either do the thing in the sentence, which is spill the milk, or you can do a different behavior, like holding the milk carefully, keeping the milk in the glass, getting all the milk into your mouth, keeping it safe on the table, whatever it is, carefully pouring the milk. But carefully pouring the milk 
is not the same thing as not spilling the milk. Do you follow me on that? Okay. If you do, then you get the power of this. So number one principle for why we don't say don't or you can't say can't is because your unconscious mind doesn't process negatives. I want to be clear on this. It's not that it doesn't hear a negative. See, your conscious mind will understand. Even your subconscious mind will understand when I say don't spill the milk. It understands that I, you don't want to spill it, right? But when you say it that way, your, the picture in their mind is going to be of what? It's basically going to be of spilling the milk first, and then they're going to try in vain as hard as they can to put a big X to cross out the spilling milk picture because they know that dad said, don't do that. And let me ask you a silly question. If I say, Val, pour the milk carefully with two hands, does that guarantee it won't spill? Of course not, right? Of course it doesn't guarantee it won't spill. But what happens, do you think that the, the likelihood of him pouring the milk successfully goes up when I say it the way I want it or goes down? Yeah, I think it probably goes up, right? It probably goes up. So when I say, hey, pour the milk carefully with two hands, he's more likely to achieve that outcome than if I said, don't spill the milk. Same thing. If I say, don't spill the milk, it doesn't guarantee he's going to spill it. But I think the odds go up a little bit more in the favor of that because what is happening is he's this little kid and he has a picture in his mind of milk spilling all over the table and then he's trying not to do it. You know, it's very much like... um uh, coming out of a spin, you know, and, and uh, you know, I live in Michigan now and it just snowed for the first real snow in the season about a week ago or a few days ago. And, oh yeah, yeah, it was Saturday night. So just a few days ago. And man, I'll tell you the, the very first morning now, everyone's like, what do I do? And people are stuck and people are skidding. So if you grew up anywhere around snow, you know that if your car slides on ice, what are you supposed to do? Well, let's say, I remember the, the very first time I was on ice. I'll tell you a quick story. First time I ever slid on ice, I was in Big Bear, California. I grew up in California. And I'm driving um, a pretty close to brand new Toyota Tundra. Uh, we went up to a climbing trip in Big Bear up at a place called the Pinnacles. Phenomenal climbing up there. And it was Thanksgiving weekend, as a matter of fact. So it was around this time. Oh, my gosh. So this would have been, I think, 2001. 2001. So 18 years ago. My gosh. To almost the day. And, you know, I'm pretty new at driving. I've, I've, so at this point, what is I'm 39. I'm, I'm, so I'm like 21, I think. So if I'm doing my math right, I'm like 21 years old or about to turn 21 or about to turn 22, something like that. And I'm still, so I've been driving a few years, but I've never driven in snow and ever because I never went to snow. I grew up in Orange County and guess what? Ding, ding, ding. Orange County has no snow. <laughs> uh, it's 75 and sunny every single day. So I'm up there and it snows for the first snow of the season and it snows a good few inches. And as we're leaving the next morning, I'm navigating myself down the mountain and out, you know, out through the, the dirt trail and everything. And I get out to the main road in Fonskin, the, the kind of the north side of Big Bear Lake there. And as I'm going around, the, the road's not crazy, but it's winding a little bit. It's probably 35 miles an hour kind of weather, uh, uh, no traffic. And I'm going around and I come around and I hit this patch of black ice and I start skidding. And I'm like, oh, I'm just sliding. And I remember reading in the manual when I was 16 what you're supposed to do. But besides that, I had no experience of it. So what happens automatically? Don't say don't. So I start sliding and I look in the distance and the direction I'm sliding is right into a telephone pole. I mean, you know, 20, 
yards, 30 yards maybe ahead, there's a telephone pole on the side of the road and I'm sliding right towards it. So what do I do? Well, what you're supposed to do if you get into a slide is, you know, you don't jerk anything crazy, but you slowly, you just, you look and you turn the wheel. You turn the wheel in the direction you want to go. You have to do that. And I turn the wheel in the direction I want to go, but I didn't do that. See, I had no idea because my subconscious mind took over. It focused on what I didn't want to have happen. I was very worried I was going to have the telephone pole. So what did I do? Boom. I'm looking at the telephone pole. I'm staring at the telephone pole. And I'm staring going, don't hit the telephone pole. Don't hit the telephone pole. And I'm, I'm looking right at it. And guess what happens? I'm steering right into it. And I wish I had a picture in front of me right now. But I have a picture of that truck that got totaled. Not a big thing, but the, the frame got bent. Everything, Everyone was okay. But I have a picture of that truck, and right in the front, smack dab in the middle, is a telephone pole-shaped uh, crash injury to the bumper and the grill and the hood. I mean, from top to bottom, you can see exactly where the telephone pole went. I hit that thing. I mean, it was a bullseye. It was the only thing I could hit for like 100 yards. There was no telephone poles on either side, no fencing. Everywhere else was safe. But I saw the one obstacle I was worried and I wanted to avoid and I smacked right into it. So that's the power of pictures in your mind. Say it the way you want it. Um, number two, positive command. So I want to I talk about, now you got this. The second big principle on don't say don't or can you is you actually can use it. And this is really interesting. I want to give you the antithesis, the antithesis of it. Um, a lot of people, you know, you 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 watch Star Wars and you and then you tell everyone that there is no try. You should never use the word try. It's the worst word ever. Actually, try can be useful if you use it right. Maybe I'll talk about that in another episode. Um, I want to talk about times you can use negatives powerfully. And here's the principle. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the principle: positive commands in a negative statement. So let's say you want to get a po- and when I say command, I don't mean like a domineering command. A command is like something like. You want someone to do something like, hey, can you hand me that water? Well, that's a, a version of a positive command. Hand me the water, but put into a question. Can you hand me the water? See what that does? So that, that's an example of a way to soften a command. Well, you can actually soften and, and bypass resistance when you want to give a command, like it's time to go to bed or something, um, you know, for a little kid, by putting it into a negative statement. Again, not positive versus negative. That's not what we're talking about. It's not positive like good and negative like bad. Negative simply being negating. So a negative statement would be something like this. Hey, don't close your eyes too quickly unless you want to get really sleepy really fast. And back to that try, I could say something like, you know, and I did this with Val all the time. He doesn't remember, but um, I'll, I'll do it now from time to time. He's eight and a half. But especially when he was two, three, four, five years old. Oh my gosh, it works like a charm. So it's bedtime. And what happens at bedtime? Bing! You know, the kids want to be awake. So what I always did is I'd, I'd use positive commands in a, in a negative statement. So, you know, something like, hey, you know, try as hard as you can to keep your eyes open. I know they're getting heavier. And then he'd be like, no, but that statement, that, that com- positive command of they're getting heavier was still in the statement. And, it, you know, this, this, it, it's very influential. You can do this a lot. Um, I, I use it when I'm speaking quite often. And I'm trying to think of different examples off the cuff. I don't have any written down or anything. But, you know, you can say, uh, say things like, you know, when you're up on stage speaking, you know, um, now this shouldn't be too funny, you know, or, you know, try not to laugh too much uh, at my misfortune here. And 
you say like try not to laugh too hard. And it's sort of something that like it just lightens the mood a little bit and it allows people to in their mind, what are they making a picture in their mind? They're making a picture of laughing too hard. And then their subconscious mind is trying to find a reason to do it. So it, it works well. Um, you can always at some point find a way to put a positive command in a negative statement. Don't try too hard to do this. Or, oh man, I, 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 hope, that, I hope they don't realize how, how deeply you care. And it's sort of like, what? Isn't that a little weird? And it is a little weird, but it actually works. It actually works. Uh, so that last one I gave would be, I don't know, maybe somebody's upset because um, they feel like people don't care or they're upset because, I don't know, you know, uh, they're not being heard or something. You know, they're, they're having an issue. And, you know, you, you literally say, instead of looking at them and saying, hey, come on, see the bright side of things. You just instead say something, say the same thing you want to say, but use a, a negative. Say, look, I, I know you don't want to see the bright side of things, and that's okay. And what are they going to do? It's like in their mind, they're going there, and then it kind of seems silly not to acknowledge the bright side of things or you know, the, the, the good part that people are trying to do. So you can use, again, positive commands, negative statement. Say the thing you want. And again, it's so cool because sometimes it bypasses resistance. So I know maybe this is a little confusing. At the end, you're thinking, okay, Matt, well, do I say don't or not? And the real answer is yes and no. You can say it if you want to. Just think of it like this. Everything you say is going to make a picture in someone's mind. So ask yourself this question. Is it the picture you want them to have? Is it the picture you want them to have? So if I'm trying to get my kid to pour the milk carefully, I probably don't want to say, don't spill the milk. So instead, I'm going to say, hey, Val, make sure you pour the milk carefully. And he'll, he'll start like my kid knows now. We gave him glasses, not plastic and sippy cups and stuff. We gave him glasses like at I think 18 months or two years old. He broke one. You know, he dropped it from the high chair. I remember that it broke in the kitchen. And that was about the last glass he ever dropped. Because some of the things we'd always say is when we gave him a cup of water or something, I'd hand it to him and I'd say, use two hands. And he'd grab it with two hands. And I just knew that if he used two hands, he was more likely to hold on to it and more likely to be safe. So instead of saying, now don't spill that, now you be careful because I, and, and, and I, I hear parents do this so much. Don't do this. Don't do that. We can't have those cookies. No, you put those back. No, there's no, you can't have cereal. No, you don't blah, blah, blah. It's too much sugar. And the kid's like, ooh, sugar. And if we do that too much, they just kind of keep on going. So give me a little love. If you're watching this, uh, if you're actually listening, if you got the volume turned up somehow, which I know is a crazy phenomenon today, uh, if, you're on, uh, if you're on social media, uh, feel free to leave a comment in a little comment. Let me know if this resonates with you. Let me know if you've ever done this with your kid. Uh, let me know if you agree or disagree with the, uh, the idea of say it the way you want it. So if you want something to happen correctly, Say it the way you want it rather than warning or saying don't, doing the opposite. But the second principle is reversed. It's reversed. Work it. Reverse it. Okay, I'm not going to sing. Um, but it's reversed. It's reversed. If it's reversed, that means sometimes you can do the exact opposite. Now, you have something that you want them to get, but if you just tell them directly, um, they're going to resist or like not be with you on it. So instead, you sandwich it with a negative command. And you say something just like that, like, look, um, don't say, oh, I, don't worry too much about that. That's not the example. Say, look, I, I know it's hard. And you can even say it like that. It's, I know it's hard to have too much peace right now. So, you know, definitely don't just stop and breathe. 
<laughs> don't just stop and breathe and and you know t- and relax a second. Look, because if you relax too much, you might all of a sudden find yourself feeling too much peace. So don't do that, no matter what. And you can have a little fun, depending on how much rapport you have with the person and what the context is. You can have a little bit of fun with that. So if I'm doing a session with someone and coaching, oh my video paused. Let's see, trying to get better signal here. Man, I should have like an unbelievable internet right now. Unbelievable internet. Hopefully you can still hear me. I'm going to keep going. Um, So the last thing is there are some exceptions. Look, don't get all uh, twitchy, okay? Don't get all twitchy about whether or not, um, you you know, if you leave and say, don't say don't, you know, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, someone in your family says, hey, uh, um, hey, break a leg. Look, there's a lot of exceptions to the rule. Like if I say uh, break a leg, you know exactly what that means. Nobody really makes an image in their head of their leg breaking when they go out and do that. That's not the case because there are certain phrases, certain euphemisms that we use today that everyone just gets. Um, that's how the language works. So when you say things like that, I think uh, break a leg is a great example that you shouldn't say, oh, no, don't say that, Matt. That's negative language and a negative imagery. You need to say, have a wonderful performance. Well, to me, I think that doesn't matter because I really don't. I think some phrases are so in our vernacular that we um, completely skip. We don't make a picture of the actual words. When, When you hear someone say, break a leg, hey, man, break a leg when you're going out there, instantly the image is, of doing a great performance of whatever that is. That's what I think. That's my opinion of it. Um, you might differ, but my point is there's some exceptions, I believe, to the rules. So don't get all twitchy about it. Don't go telling everyone that they're sucking and terrible at their language because they said don't. Don't be a don't uh, you know, critic. Just say the things you want to say the way you want to say it and do well with that. All right. So if you're live, sorry, uh, the signal seems to be going out. So I don't know what's happening Uh, but the video's gone, so I'm going to sign off right now for this. This was episode two out of five of the new mini-series, Winning with Words. Don't say don't. We have a few new ones coming up, so I'm going to try to record as many of these on Facebook as I can so you can engage live if you want, but they are all available on the podcast feed. Remember, we have a couple more episodes coming up. Episode three next week on Tuesday will be Getting Unstuck with Words, What to Do When You Feel Yourself Stuck with No Options, and how to use languaging to recover those options. Episode four will be never say never. I'm going to talk all about the never and always conundrum and how that's usually a lie, almost always. <laughs> it's a lie. And, uh, and just about that in general. And then the last one is say it the way you mean it. And we're going to talk about tone in language and connection. So that's what we're talking about. Super looking forward to the next few weeks with you guys. Have a blessed and awesome week. It is uh, early December now. We are really entering into winter. It's a great time to be an entrepreneur. Great time to be out there crushing it in your life. So I guess as usual, get out there and crush it. And I'll see you Friday with a phenomenal interview. Ooh, this interview this Friday, I'm really, uh, really stoked on. Let me just take a look and see who this is, uh, remembering the name. It is so good. Oh, you know what? It is, uh, that's right. We already put out, uh, we already put out, uh, Ed's from last week. So this is cool. This is going to be a new, uh, interview. And I believe it's going to be with Robert Lambert. He runs, 
um, uh, Faith uh, Business Radio uh, out of Chicago, and he has a, a weekly radio show. We were just on his show talking about faith in the business, in the workplace. So I'm having Robert Lambert on. I'll be interviewing him tomorrow. Um, really looking forward. He's such a phenomenal guy. And I think, that, again, no matter what your, your background is, uh, whether you're a faith or non-faith or a spiritual or, or whatever in business, I think what's really cool when we talk about people that have a standout and what they believe, it's going to be a very powerful conversation about how to really incorporate what you believe and who you are into the workplace so you don't have to feel like you're living two lives. And that's really what the conversation uh, we'll be having uh, tomorrow. And I'll drop that on Friday for you. All right, get out there and crush it. See ya.